God states very clearly that faith without works is dead. You have people inside the Senate. You have people that are supposed to be on your side. Make the decision to live and die on your turn. You are not wrong. They have to us about everything. The border, the elections. I remember America and the American gun owner are the only things standing in the way of the Great Reset. Who's got the teaching aid? We are fighting a war against principalities. We are fighting a war against evil. I pray that we get to look into the eyes of every single child in this country proudly, that those children can look back and be proud of us, knowing that yes. we fought for them. Men, I don't talk with empty words. Those teaching aids, those are called balls. Gentlemen, I've given you back your balls. You only got one? Improvise. God's given us a chance to make it right. He's created a remnant for a reason. You are the remnant. I want you to know we're winning. God is with us. And in the end, we know how this ends. Welcome back to another episode of Conservative Daily Podcast. I'm your host, Joe Altman. Well, happy hump day. Is it today hump day? It's Wednesday? It is Wednesday, right? It is, it is. <sighs> well, we, we've got a lot to go over today. We're going to be talking about the traitor seeking to change election laws. Again, still. Still moving to make it impossible. If you didn't get to see the show we had this morning, Sidney Powell ran an amazing story on defending the republic. And what she goes back and looks at, in 2004, the Democrats, and again, the Democrats will weaponize anything and everything because they have no morals. They have no ethics. They have no character. They're soulless demons. They're demons. Sorry. I mean, you have, uh, who is it, OAC? AOC. AOC, and I, I, I don't even want to get it right. I mean, you have the little troll, the, the, the bartender. I mean, we just call her Wok. Yeah, and then you have the, the Somali pirate who married her brother, that guy, that gal, guy gal. They both walked around like they were cuffed, put their hands behind their back. You know, it's kind of tough. I mean, I'm a bigger guy, so I mean, put my hand, I can get them together, but I'm like, it's tough to act like you're being handcuffed. And then when people are looking at you, when you're walking away with the cop, going like this, hi, <laughs> how you doing? Hey, say hi to me, I'm cuffed. No, really, I am, look, I'm, I'm not cuffed. It's not silly. It's just absurd. It's, it's past absurd. But you know what else was drawn out this morning that we should pay attention to is the fact that rules are for thee and not for me. They operate with impunity and they come after us in our communities. They persecute, not prosecute. They don't hold, there is no such thing as a consequence. There is such thing as, I'm going to use the evil stick against you unless you believe what I believe. It's actually silliness. And it's based on this weak apprehension of people who are actually strong, who say the things like this, I'm just doing my job. I'm just doing my job. I just want to get through retirement. And can watch people suffer because they're selfish. And it's a selfless that stand up over and over and over again. But I want to talk more about what we're seeing happen. Yeah, for any of those that know what happened on January 6th, the FBI uh, created a coup and then 
was the CIA, and they, they put all those things in place to steal an election, and then they had to create this event that created chaos, because there's opportunity, anybody that knows there's opportunity and chaos when you want to actually have a color revolution in the country. You want to make things as chaotic and as untrue as possible and make them claw back on it. Make them have to defend the lie that is being told. So let's go to A1, because other people broke into the Capitol as well, only they get a free pass. Let's go ahead and play A1. A comedy sketch for The Late Show with Stephen Colbert ended with U.S. Capitol Police arresting members of the production team. Turn up. been filming a segment with Triumph the Insult Comic Dog when officers charged them with unlawful entry at a house office building. CBS says the team was there for authorized interviews with some members of Congress, but they stayed after to film additional content. CNN senior media reporter Oliver Darcy joins me now. Uh, Oliver, it uh, doesn't sound like a, typ a typical day up on Capitol Hill for a film crew. Uh, what more are you learning about this, and what can you tell us about Triumph, for those who may be familiar with that, uh, that character? Yeah, Jim, this wasn't, I don't think, a typical day on Capitol Hill for anyone involved. Uh, CBS says that they had a crew on Capitol Hill both Wednesday and Thursday, and they were filming a comedy segment around the January 6th in, uh, insurrection hearings. Uh, at, on Thursday, they did some interviews, including with Adam Schiff, um, featuring comic, the, the Triumph the Insult comic dog. And uh, later in the uh, evening, apparently, uh, they were confronted by Capitol Police outside visitor hours. Uh, Capitol Police uh, confronted them and determined that they were, uh, had been asked, they were part of a group that had been asked to leave the Capitol uh, earlier in the day. And so at that point, Capitol Police they um, uh, detained this uh, group of uh, production, uh, this production team, and they um, uh, charged them with unlawful entry on Capitol grounds. Capitol Police are saying that this is an ongoing investigation, and so they're leaving uh, room for more charges. Uh, but yeah, this is, this is not normal uh, uh, business on Capitol Hill. Uh, and, and to give viewers a taste of uh, what Triumph the, comic, tri Triumph the Comic Insult Dog, uh, it's a mouthful, uh, does, uh, we have some video here, Jim. The most distinguished and accomplished journalist I have ever worked with, Triumph the Insult Comic Dog. Tonight, it is with great pride that we present Triumph's exclusive report. Jim. Here in the nation's capital, our leaders have gathered for the solemn process of voting along party lines. Many Republicans have complained about the length of these hearings and having to sit in the chamber for so many hours without having a spine to support them. Senator Lindsey Graham has been particularly inconvenienced as he was scheduled to have attended a scrapbooking convention with the other elderly women of South Carolina. Okay, take this down. Th this is the idea, funny to them, by the way, is that you can do whatever you want on the Capitol and you can attack half of the country, actually more than half of the country, because I think that the, the total is probably 75% of the country would identify as being Christian conservative. The other 25% are either lost or attached to their football team, the Democrat Party, um, even though they've done everything they can to basically destroy our country. But I, I want to I say, so this is what happened. They, they were in there filming, unlawfully filming, now, I want to look at some of the charges that were brought against the January 6th prisoners. Um, one was trespassing. The other one is unlawful entry. The other which is unlawful entry. 
Yeah, Un- unlawful entry, trespassing, trespassing, unlawful entry, trespassing, uh, trespassing, assaulting a police officer. I guess that would be something that's not so good. But 95% of the charges are trespassing. If you unlawfully enter, you get trespassing. Now, they're putting people in jail for up to 60 days. They put a 69-year-old grandmother, Pam Hemphill, in prison for 60 days. Not in a jail, not because typically what happens on those 60-day deals is that they don't go to a prison. They go to a jail, and you serve it out in a jail, and you go home. Now, I don't know that for a fact because I've never been <laughs> in jail or prison, but if you go to jail... You sit, I mean, it's 60 days. 60 days, typically, they, it takes as much time to process the paperwork, but no, they wanted to make sure that she went to a medium to maximum security area, not the, not the part where it's, you know, it's a camp. I mean, 60 days in a camp. No, no. They wanted to have the maximum amount of pain on someone for trespassing, unlawful entry into the Capitol, not even trespassing. And in this, they just let these people go. Let's put up A2. So the DOJ won't prosecute group link to the Colbert, the late show, after unlawful entry arrest, the Capitol Police say. Federal prosecutors declined to prosecute a group associated with Stephen Colbert's late night show, talk show. The group of nine people associated with CBS, the late night show with Steve Colbert, were arrested with unlawful, well, hold on, unlawful entry charges after failing to stay with a staffer escort while inside a congressional office building. They were there to film a segment of the show featuring Triumph, the insult comic dog, a vulgar, cigar-smoking hand puppet, and longtime late-night comedy character. Um, by the way, late-night comedy character that's not an American talks with some foreign accent. What does that tell you about what the left is? Tell me I'm wrong, Mr. Producer. Well, not only are you not wrong, uh, you know, these are, if they want to make fun of us with, you know, these characters with foreign accents, I mean, kind of betraying exactly what they do with actual criminals who come over a border and actually cause harm in our communities and in this country. They let them go. Meanwhile, these they put Americans in prison for trespassing. Yeah, well, and here we go, right? Let's talk more about what we're dealing with right now because it gets a little better. So federal prosecutors on Monday declined to prosecute a group of people associated with Steve Colbert's late-night talk show who were arrested on charge of unlawfully entering the congressional office building. The group of nine people... Members of the group have been told several times before they entered the congressional building that they had to remain with the staff escort inside the building and failed to do so. So, again, no consequences at all. And there were, it, 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 it blows my mind. And if you go to A5, Mr. Producer, it goes through the United States Capitol Police just informed the U.S. Attorney's Office for the District of Columbia is declining to prosecute the case. The production team for Colbert's show is scheduled interviews on Capitol Hill that were authorized and prearranged through congressional aides of the, of the members interviewed. That evening, police said they responded to a call for a disturbance at the Longworth House office building where they found the group unescorted without congressional ID in a sixth-floor hallway. The building was closed to visitors, and the individuals were determined to be a part of a group that had been directed by the USCP to leave the building earlier in the day. So they were told to leave the building. They basically gave them the middle finger and said, I can do what I want, and now they get to be let out without having to be charged with any crime. Well, the January Sixers that walked in, by the way, they didn't just walk into the Capitol. The January Sixers did not walk into the Capitol. They were escorted in, and they were asked to come in. Hey, come on in. In one case, a police officer sitting at the, at the uh, um, metal detectors decided to give them badges. They gave people that came across and came inside badges, little badges, said, hey, put this on you. 
But these people were all charged with a crime. We have a video that talks about how the media covered January 6th. Mr. Producer, let's play A6. The federal prosecutor for the District of Columbia says all options are on the table for charges against the mob, including sedition. Police say more than 90 people have been arrested, but what has not been answered is why the mob got inside so easily. The chief of the Capitol Police Force said tonight he's resigning. Many people, including Joe Biden, have said if this had been a Black Lives Matter protest instead of mostly white Trump supporters, the police response would have been dramatically different. Mike Armstrong reports. Washington's mayor is calling what happened Wednesday in her city a catastrophic security failure. Muriel Bowser is asking Congress to hold a commission into what went wrong. Both to hold people accountable and to ensure that it never happens again. The criticism of police action ranges from questioning their effectiveness to questioning their effort. One Tennessee congressman says at times officers appeared complicit and that he's never seen a crowd less afraid of police. Even during the siege, there was criticism from people in the crowd. There's not enough cops here to handle us, and that's troubling. Now, it's clear police were outnumbered and slow to call in reinforcements. The former head of Capitol Police says officers needed help, and it came too late. The cavalry should have been coming to get those people the hell off uh, the steps and the platforms, but that would have been very, very ugly and difficult to do if you didn't have superior force. Now, there was also an intelligence failure. Police underestimated the scope of the threat posed by the rally. The chief saying Thursday they knew people were coming, but didn't expect what came next. There was no uh, intelligence that suggested there would be a breach of the U.S. Capitol. Uh-oh. Down to the Capitol. Now, that police would be surprised has shocked many. This was a rally with tensions running high, just a short walk from where the president's fate was being decided. Proud boys. There's also been anger brewing on social media, including calls to storm the Capitol. This rally has been planned for weeks. They knew this was going to happen, and there should have been thousands of National Guards. Now, many are pointing to last summer and how different the preparation and reaction was for Black Lives Matter protests. No one can tell me that if had been a group of Black Lives Matter protesting yesterday, there wouldn't have been, they wouldn't have been treated very, very differently. All right, take we this all, clown down. Take this clown down. All right, so this piece of trash, uh, Biden, um, this soulless, um, I don't even know what you call him, illegitimate. Pedophile? Pedophile, yeah. I mean, he covers all bases. Pedophile, racist. I mean, he, he's it. He's the epitome of the poster child for everything you should hate about politicians. Sorry, that's what the truth is. Um, we also have a video of them letting him in, don't we, Mr. Producer? Letting him in? Let's go ahead and play that real quick. The police here are willing to work with us and cooperate peacefully like our First Amendment allows. Gather more Americans under the condition that they will come and gather peacefully to discuss what needs to be done to save our country. We're going to be heard. Everybody, this must be peaceful. This has to be peaceful. We have the right to well, peacefully that guy right assemble. There, 
That guy's serving a four and a half year sentence right there for saying peaceful, peacefully assemble, walking into the Capitol. They didn't remove the barriers. The police removed the barriers. And you had a couple that were led by a guy named Ray Epps. Ray Epps. Ray Epps. So Ray Epps. Remember the old Ray Epps? So Ray Epps is the one that said, we must go into the Capitol, not stay outside, but go in. And he did it all over. And yet Republicans and Democrats both have done what? They both stood up and said, oh, he's just misunderstood. He was just there being a peacekeeper, working for the FBI and the CIA. He was a plant for the government. I hope that clown tries to sue me. I really do. I really do. Because his behavior showed that. His behavior showed that, and the fact that they basically stood next to him, what does that show you? What does that show you about our own government? It's pretty evil, I think. So as, as we move forward on talking about that, we also have to talk to, talk about what the, the, bipartisan. And I always bring up CNN because it's, I don't even, th I think we're probably the only people that pay attention to CNN. It's like talking to an empty group. Bots watch their show. But there, here's one on A8, if you put this up, a bipart bipartisan. We should say uniparty group. Here, I'm going to just redo this for you. I, they should pay me to go write for CNN politics. The uniparty group of senators cut a deal to change election laws in response to January 6th attack. A bi okay, I'm going to change it. You guys are not going to like it, but I'm going to change it. Maybe you do like it. A bipartisan group, a uniparty group of senators reached a deal to make it harder to overturn a certified presidential election, making the most significant response by Congress to former President Donald Trump's relentless pressure campaign to overturn the results in the 2020 presidential election. The proposal still needs to be approved by both chambers and will need 60 votes in the Senate to break the filibuster attempt, meaning at least 10 Republicans would need to be support any legislation. Let me just explain something to you. Let me just kick off this. If a Republican votes for that, that Republican becomes an enemy of our country. I want to be really clear. We already know that the Democrats are an enemy to our nation. We already know that. But if 10 Republicans stand up and say that they can allow this to happen with what happened in 2004, specifically what happened in 2004, knowing that these machines would be used and that they would use a code inside the machines in order to overturn and change the outcome of an election. And now they're doing it every single level of government. Every single level, they're stealing elections with these machines and the mail-in ballots. So if one Republican, that's the Republican we're going after. If 10 Republicans do it, we're going after all 10 Republicans. We're going to have a relentless attack. And I'm going to require that every single one of you in your areas gather people together. They get no peace. You want to see no peace? No peace for anyone that votes to make it so the American people have no voice and no ability to question these pieces of trash inside of our leadership. If you want to have communism, this is what you do. You have a uniparty group of people. And by the way, if you didn't watch what happened this morning, go back to, to, to read the article by Sidney Powell and look at the fact that the same people that are on that January 6th committee are the same people that were involved in 2004 saying the election was stolen and that the machines can't be trusted. Same people. But now it favors them, including that piece of trash, Liz Cheney. I'm sorry, but she's just not... She, not only is she not a good person, but she's standing as a proxy for her father. You know, the one that said that we need to go in Iraq and kill millions of Iraqis for, because of weapons of mass destruction that were never there. And this is, by the way, this is not a partisan issue. 
This is not a Republican or Democrats. Republicans feel like we should have gone to Iraq and Democrats don't. Every American that knows the truth about what happened in Iraq and what happened in 2002 knows that we had no business being there. And it was a color revolution under the guise of 3,500 people in our country that had to die so that they could go over there and kill millions of those people to steal their oil. That is what happened in Iraq. And what they're left with is this big lie. They lie about everything. They don't tell the truth about anything. Our government hasn't told us the truth in decades since they killed JFK. You can say, Joe, they come on. We read the Warren Report. Read it. I read it years ago, decided I was going to jump right back in it and read it again. If you read that report, you will know that JFK was murdered by our own CIA and FBI. 100%. Because he was standing up for the people, too. See, I actually believe that Trump is more like a JFK-type Democrat. I don't believe that Trump is, uh, was a true-blood Republican. He gave to both sides. He was somewhat of an opportunist, but he was a people's candidate, which is what got JFK elected when he got elected. But, but here we are. Here we are talking about this bipartisan group of people this bipartisan group of people. Remember, they have pushed out all the American first candidates and used the primary process in order to promote their own candidates, Democrat candidates. Not Republican candidates, but candidates that have our feckless, cowardice leaders. Okay, we have a video that's going to make you laugh because I think you should always laugh in the middle of things. We were actually laughing before we had the show, before we were on the show. We were making these little voices. Yeah, I, I hope that the Mr. Producer never records that stuff as I'm making fun of people, or I'd be in big trouble. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Huh? <laughs> okay, let's play a little bit of Dutch video, please. Let's go. Let's go. Break into the Capitol building. We infiltrate the government and we kidnap the Speaker of the House. Everyone down on the ground, FBI, you're all under arrest. Trust. 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 It's over. Oh, it's over, all right. It's over. You, you FBI scum! We're the true patriots, standing up for liberty and stuff. Wait just one minute. Steve, Steve Crenshaw. <laughs> you got yeah. it. <laughs> we we got you right here. We're all FBI agents, if that hasn't been obvious. <laughs> all right. FBI. I don't know how you sleep at night, traitors. <laughs> what do you know? We were all FBI agents the whole time. Shame to waste it. Oh no! Oh. Right wing terrorist attack Capitol building. Thank God for honest news reporting. Ah, oh, the Objective Times coming to you live. Oh, we're all FBI agents. Oh, we're all controlled opposition. We're all CIA. Oh. It really is. It really is funny that we do that. But if you want to look at the Whitmer case up in in Michigan, she said that there was a plot to kidnap. <laughs> you can't make this up. There's a plot to kidnap Whitmer, Governor Whitmer of Michigan. So they charged these guys. Poor guys. It was. It, I think it was 16 guys total, right? It was two. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah, one 16. one took a one took a plea deal. So no take backs. He was he, that young kid, right? Yeah, he took a plea deal. Eight years. Took, he took eight, the other two were like, you're out of your mind. 
<laughs> these guys playing the whole thing brought us along for the ride. We were like, this is stupid. What, what, are, we, what are you guys doing? Then they're like, oh, oh my gosh, you're trying to bail. We got to arrest them now. Oh. So I put it in front of the, a jury of their peers, and the jury of the peers was like, not guilty. By the way, can you tell me what happened to the other 13 FBI agents? They had a brood of FBI agents that went out to try and find people so they could create a story. That actually happened. And you know what the media did? <laughs> Nothing to see here. Under the rug. Whoa. Hey, do me a favor. Washington Post. Don't print it. Don't print. Please don't talk about it. We need somebody to try and spin it the right way. That the people on the jury were, were corrupted. Oh my gosh, they were they were anti-American, anti-democracy people. They didn't have a brain. And Amoeba ate their brain, and so they said not guilty because you obviously could not, they could not come to that conclusion any other way. And the evidence of these FBI agents, well, they weren't really FBI agents, they were they were they were figments of our imagination. They were they were Barneys with web feet, big purple dinosaurs. No, I'm serious, that's what we dealt with. No, they're like, hey, you know what, guys? Thank God this FBI cell completely instigated a plot that ended up getting thrown out by a judge or by, you know, by the jury because otherwise we wouldn't even know what the true horror of right-wing extremism might have looked like if it were real. Oh, my real. gosh. Oh, my gosh. What are we doing? It's so crazy. I don't even know what to do. I think we just need to call the FBI. I'm actually going to invite the FBI to one of our, our FEC United meetings, I think. I'm going to call them. No, we're going to do it on the show. I think we should. Should we not? Yeah, sure. Mr. Produ so next week, I have, I'm, I'm Captain Obvious, full of great ideas. So what I'm going to do is while we're on the show, we're going to call the FBI. We're going to call the FBI while we're on the show. Right, Mr. Producer? Let's, let's call the FBI. We're going to call the FBI, and we're going to invite the FBI. We'll say, listen, I'm not sure you guys have enough people inside the FEC United meeting. I really just want to invite you. We would just ask that you bring a couple of CIA friends with you, please. Can you bring them with you? And we're going to bring donuts. And so we're going to put donuts in the corner, and we're, we're, here, we're, here's what we're going to do. We're going to put donuts and dog whistles in the corner. And we will know that your FBI agents come in because they will walk over to that table and they will pick up a dog whistle and eat a donut. What do you think, Mr. Producer? Everybody, think, you guys think we're all for that? Can Captain we do that? Obvious is taking his uh, his disguise off. Oh, I'm Captain Obvious. Da -da, da -da, da -da. Oh. You know what I think they hate the most is that I get really serious and really upset over what they do. But then I'm like, Phew. Can't steal my joy, and they shouldn't be able to steal yours. Okay, so can we get back to these traitors, the Republican traitors, real quick? We had fun with the video, um, but we're going to talk about this. So, meaning that at least 10 Republicans would need to be supporting the legislation announcement of the plan kicks off. We expect to be a challenging month long process to get deals passed into law by the end of the year because they anticipate losing. Seats, but really they're not going to. I'm going to tell you what's going to happen. There's going to be this great wave, this great blue wave that's going to overtake the red wave, and everyone's going to go out and vote, and the mail-in ballots are going to come in at the last minute, and all of a sudden, the Democrats are going to gain more seats. And then? Oh, you see this guy? See this guy? Number one bullshit guy. That's what's going to happen. They're already setting it up. And, and by the way, the mainstream media, none of them 
are absolved from, uh, from, it's not just CNN, it's Newsmax. The only ones that are standing up and speaking about truth is OAN. They're really the only ones. You got a couple people on Fox, you got Laura Ingram, who had a, an amazing video the other day. Mr. Producer, I should send it to you. It's a little bit longer, but comes out and says, hey, listen, the, the American people are tired of this. I don't run into anybody that thinks about, they, they actually said that the approval radio ratio was 37% for Biden. I like walk down the street and I go, I need to find someone that supports Biden. So I ask people. I, I was in a coffee shop today. I was getting a coffee. Young, young lady, young black lady was at the coffee shop. We started talking. I had my dog with me. And she goes, do you want some, some uh, whipped cream for the dog? I was like, absolutely. We started talking. She's like, hey, you should really try this, this oat milk. I was like, okay, I'll try oat milk. I hadn't tried oat milk, so I was like, I'll try it. She goes, it's really good steam. We had this long conversation. I go, so do you believe Biden's doing a good job? I just came out and asked it before she made my drink too. So, so just to, if she wanted to spit in it, I, you know, I want to see what she said. She goes, um, I don't think anybody's gone to the cash register and asked me that question before I've made the coffee. <laughs> and I go, I just want to know, did, did you, do you like the, do you like what he's doing? Do you, do you feel good about him? She goes, no, no, he's awful. She goes, but the, the, they're all awful. And I was like, wow, that's prophetic. 20-year-old girl at a coffee shop, super, super nice. Gave my dog some whipped cream, gave me a great drink. It was amazing. Talked for about five minutes. Was super awesome. Was a little bit freaked out that I would ask that type of question. <laughs> and then she goes, yeah, I, don't, I think that he's awful. Look what he's done, you know, and, and talked about the fact that their family can't afford to even pay for gas. They have to rummage through stuff and sell th stuff off at a discount in order to pay for the, the deficit that they have in their family, work a ton more hours. Imagine that. I, I try. I ask lots of people. I even ask people that have like weird tattoos and the hair spiking up. I'm like, hey, listen, hey, 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 you look like a Democrat. <laughs> The spiky guy. This was unbelievable. I'm at the airport. Spiky guy. Spike hair. I don't even know how he gets in. He to get underneath the deal. Spike hair. So I said, hey, how do you think Biden's doing? He goes, that piece of crap. He wasn't. He can't even spell. I bet you he can't spell it. He went into this diatribe. I go, whoo, you sound like a Republican. He goes, nope, I'm an independent. I was like, do you, do you vote for Democrats? He goes, no. He goes, I don't vote. I was like, bro. We got to talk. You got to vote. You got to vote. I'm trying hard. Do you guys all try hard? Do you ever try? I'm, I'm asking you all to do this. Bring me some stories. Do you ask people if they voted for the guy? Because I can't find any. And I'm in Colorado. Mr. Producer, how many times do I ask like the waitress and stuff like that? Hey, how do you feel about how things are going? Oh, yeah. And out of nowhere, too. <laughs> or like, I'm like, hey. Line. You turn around to some random person you never met. Hey. What do you think about uh, everything that's going on in the country right now? Yeah. How, do you like Biden? I can't find anyone. Where's the 37%? I just want you to find him for me. It's like, it's like a game of Where's Waldo? Where's Waldo? Where's Waldo? Waldo, Waldo, Waldo. Please bring me Waldo. It's unbelievable. It's unbelievable because it doesn't exist. They're lying to us. 
We have a video breaking from, uh, is this today? Oh, yep. Tina Peters challenged Colorado's unbelievable GOP SOS primary election results, where no-name Zuckerberg CTCL candidate came out of nowhere, A10, Mr. Producer, made up 35% vote deficit and won the primary. This happened, and she's actually challenging it. On Tuesday, July 1, a no-name political operative sits on the board of directors for Mark Zuckerberg's private election mafia. Anders came back 15 points down to win by 20 points over Tina Peters. It was a miracle. Two days later, investigative reporter Emerald Robinson discussed the truly unbelievable primary results. The story of the GP, GOP primary race for Secretary of State in Colorado gets more interesting the more you investigate the results. This actually happened. This came out today, guys. As I noted yesterday, the big news is that an Australian businessman named Mike O'Donnell somehow got 28% of the vote, too. It's unbelievable. 173,000 citizens voted for him. Nobody even knows who these people are. But no, they skipped by Tina Peters to vote for the other two candidates. Top-line candidate, by the way, typically has the most, and this happened to every top-line candidate in Colorado, except for the two that didn't talk about election integrity. And this I'm, is uh, Mike O'Donnell's profile. Just in oh, so here's Mike O'Donnell for Secretary of State. This is his current Twitter account. Now, 173,000 citizens voted for him. You ready? He has 559 followers on Twitter. If you go to his Facebook account, it's like 800. And they're all pretty much the same people. Actually, I don't know that. But this guy, this guy got 28% of the vote. Do you, know, do you know how silly this is? They needed a third candidate in order to actually activate the machines to do what they needed to do in the election. They needed it. They needed it because the algorithms that are built into the system, they needed a third fallback, and the Colorado GOP was complicit and knew about it. They built this. True story. You ready for this? Even though polling showed he had no support, polling showed he had no support. None. Zero support. And $4,700 in his campaign. He raised $4,700 for his campaign. 139, 139 people were following his campaign on Twitter. Now he has 559. So they had to add some to it. It's at 500, 400. His most interaction that he got was 1,300 campaign tweets was four likes on his June 27th tweet. Most of them had zero interactions, went from being a non-factor to a three-person race to grabbing more than a quarter of the total votes. Why I say that they're going to lie and cheat and steal in the 2022 uh, midterm is because they're going to lie and cheat and steal in the 2022 midterm. You have no choice but to get in the gap. Mike O'Donnell seems like a very nice guy, but can anyone explain the sudden 28% of the vote, the most important election integrity race in Colorado? Election officials in Colorado had no explanation. Most of the county clerks in 17 counties that Mike O'Donnell won had never heard of him. Their reaction ranged from confusion to, di to disbelief. I talked to several county clerks and recorders that are afraid. They're afraid to talk because they're afraid that they're going to get slaughtered by Jenna Griswold and used as the next Tina Peters punching bag. It's truly unbelievable because two months before the primary, Pam Anderson had not just losing to Tina Peters at the polling and fundraising master, but her campaign was broke. She had a $5,665 balance in her campaign coffers. The surprisingly anemic fundraising is just more evidence that Pam Anderson is a candidate without a constituency. But no, she won. 
There's a mathematical impossibility that she won, but they've been stealing elections for decades, going back to 2004 when the Democrats came out and said, foul! There's an algorithm inside the machines that are actually switching votes. After doing a little bit of research and jumping into it, I started to realize that it's actually what they're doing right now. Here, here, here's a... Here's a picture of the election showing an actual one-to-one -one vote ratio. At the same time, people voted at the same time, held hands, and just voted the same way all the way through the election. This is what you call algorithmic change. This is using an algorithm to do a fixed point outcome. And you'll also see that Tina Peters, oh, I forgot about this too, if any of you guys missed this. This is Garfield County where at one o'clock in the morning Eastern time, 11.30 at night, Mountain Standard Time, after everyone had gone home in one of the smallest counties out there, it flipped the vote, and Tina Peters became the top-line candidate and winning, and then flipped it back at 3 o'clock the afternoon the next day, Eastern Time, 1 o'clock p.m., after multiple people have called to say, what the heck is going on in Garfield County? They still, to this day, have not said one word about it. How about Zamora Wilson's race? Unbelievable. Yeah, how is it 95% of precincts reporting the night late the night before? And she's up like, what was it, 15 to 6 or something? Yeah. And then wake up the next morning. Huh. And it's flipped the other way. We could talk about Rayanne Weber running for the coroner. Has a huge name uh, uh, in, in El Paso County. Exactly 69.75%. 69.75% to 29.25%. And by the way, that wasn't the only race that had this exact ratio. There was three other races inside of El Paso County, El Paso County that went the same way. And let's not look at the, the sheriff's race where he bribed people to sign his petition to get on the ballot for sheriff. And then, lo and behold, the uniparty, the district attorney, fails to prosecute because the crime is just not important enough to us because we don't want to persecute that individual. He's not on our list. No, we're waiting to come after people, good people in our community that we can take from even more. It's a sad day, but the more we go through all of these numbers and we start looking at it, the worse it gets. We can start talking about the bill, the bills that are out there. Uh, tired of feeling like someone's always watching on the internet, maybe advertisers know a little too much about you, IP Vanish is a solution for you. You can use IP Vanish on your, your computer, tablets, phones. You can use it on multiple devices at the same time without sacrificing speed. Um, they're for you, and, and here's the thing, it, it, it blocks advertisers, hackers, um, your ISP, third parties from getting access to information to you, uh, blocks people from getting access to your passwords. All the data is encrypted. And for our listeners, you can get 70% off their yearly plan for listeners with 30-day money-back guarantee. It's like getting nine months for free. It's super easy to use. All you have to do is tap one button. A disclaimer, if you are using things, True Social, you have to turn off the VPN. If you are using things like uh, vMix, uh, Chevy apps, or things like that. So there are some things that does need a dedicated IP, um, and it recognizes that. So just keep that in mind. So go to ipvanish.com slash daily, use promo code daily, and save your 70% off. There was a, a thing that came out. You know, we, we keep talking about the elections, the fact that they have consequences. It's not a victimless crime. Stealing the voice of the American people is not a victimless crime. Let's go ahead and play that. Is that a video you want to play? Okay, we'll wait on it for a second. 
A B1, there's a House bill to allow women greater access to safe and effective oral contraceptive drugs intended for routine, routine, routine use. This is, a, this is a bill that basically will allow for the morning after pill to be sent through the United States Postal Service, through the mail, to all 50 states, making you have the ability to have you know, convenient abortions no matter where you are. And by the way, the morning after pill, if you use it on a baby that's, that's 12 weeks, 15 weeks, 18 weeks, you have a greater chance of actually having an adverse reaction and killing the mother. Go do the research. Don't do the WebMD, though. I mean, you're liable to break, you hurt your finger and then tell you you're going to die of some venereal disease. Okay, maybe not a venereal disease, but it's kind of scary if you read WebMD. Everything yeah, you have. No, you, I got got, you sneeze and you're like, oh, you have cancer of the, yeah. of the brain. Yeah. In this bill, they refer to the Committee of the Ways and Means, and, and so this is just kind of an overview of some of the bills that they're trying to pass by the end of the year. Here's another bill that to authorize certain expenditures uh, relating to intelligence and counterintelligence activities of the Coast Guard and for other purposes. So they want to, they, they want to basically look at the Coast Guard. I don't, I don't understand this. Is this? Well, basically what they're going to do is turn the Coast Guard into, uh, you know, it's going to be an intelligence agency. Another intelligence agency. Probably going to weaponize it against us. Yeah. And yet there's another one. Here's a House bill enhancing funding for family planning services. These are some of the bills that are coming down the pike, guys, that are bipartisan, they say. And one to improve individual assistance provided by the Federal Emergency Management Agency and for other purposes. For other purposes. And just, let's just talk about the other purposes part. Every single time they turn around, they are spending our money like water, yet we could not do an audit in all 50 states to see if we had fair and free elections in our country. Couldn't build the wall? Can't build the wall. Can't do anything to protect Americans. They can lie, though. They can lie and stand up there and say that, Hey, listen, there's nothing to see here. I mean, I, I know you guys are, are disenfranchised with what we're talking about. It, it's almost where it becomes debilitating. But let's, uh, let's just let's look at the outcome that we're talking about here. Let's, let's look at what this is going to lead to. It's going to lead to spending more of your tax dollars in places where you have no transparency. And for those of you that don't know, I want you to know that, well, we already said, stolen elections have consequences, and they've been stealing elections for decades. The, the Democrats actually told us what was happening. They also refused to go out and against the, the lawyers that were helping to uh, adjudicate these, these cases. And the same, the same thing was used by the Republicans, conspiracy theorists. They, they used the same dog whistles then that they're using now. Same ones, doubling down on the lie. Because it's not a Democrat or Republican issue. It is a destroy the Americans issue. That's why they're bringing in so many illegals. To break down the, the fiber, the ethos of our nation. Well, as you started talking about this H.R. 8296, I think it's important for you to understand that it, it, they're just... They just don't care. They, they, don't, they don't represent any of our interests. None. I don't care what you feel about your social issues. I could care less. It became a states' rights issue when Roe versus Wade was overturned. State 
rights issue, which also means, by the way, that the federal government cannot give funding or give money to Planned Parenthood. It is not allowed, it is barred from it because it is not a federal right supported by a legal constitutional argument. That's why they want to change it to give oral contraceptives. That's why they want to push all this stuff through so they can kill more babies and still fund their genocidal path. Let's go ahead and play this if we can, this B8. This is Burgess too. Offers pro-life remarks against H.R. 8296. Let's go ahead and play it. And I thank the ranking member for yielding. You know, as we hold this debate, I, I remember back to that morning as a young resident at Parkland Hospital, starting out in a residency in OB-GYN, and our, our major professor, our department chairman, Jack Pritchard, addressing us and telling us that starting into a career in OB-GYN, we were in a unique position in medicine. Every time we took a case, as either as a primary doctor or a consultant, we would have the unique opportunity to be taking care of two patients who had a combined life expectancy of over 100 years. And he said, nowhere else in medicine are you going to be able to affect the future to the degree that you can as an OB-GYN. Now, nearly 30 years of practice back in Texas, I have taken care of women with ectopic pregnancies. You did it before, you'll continue to do it. It's a surgical emergency, and you don't shy away from it. Unfortunately, some pregnancies do conclude in a miscarriage, and some of those do require the attention of a physician. I would not hesitate to do that then or now, but what I would not do and could not do was disrupt a viable pregnancy where a child could issue from that care. But none of that changes before or after the Supreme Court decision. Look, there have been times when I've had to step in, someone had care at another facility, sought refuge in my emergency room because of severe complications they were having from an abortion done elsewhere, and I would have to step in and correct the problems from the abortionist. I didn't hesitate to do that, and will continue to do it in the future, but what I will not do is end a life in a pregnancy. Now yield back. I don't, you know, we talk about a lot of different things, and I'm gonna throw a bunch of things at you that are stuff that we're not really talking about, right? We're not talking about what's happening. We're, we're, we're past the part where we're talking about what's happened with the COVID-19 vaccine and the adverse effect it has on people. A 10-year-old had a heart attack, multiple children dying of uh, myocarditis. Heart attack of a 10-year-old, by the way, 10-year-old. And there's a huge study that, that, that I think we should be talking about. Um, Dr. Malone talked about a study reveals no link between depression and serotonin SSRIs coming under question. I think this was where they said there wasn't any, right? And they're used in the vaccine. Yeah, essentially. Well, so they so, have, oh, so before before you do before you say that, I want to I want I want everybody to understand what SSRIs are, and it, it's a selective serotonin uh, reuptake inhibitors. So these are these are used for antidepressants. These are used for, it's basically brain drugs. So, you know, some of those will be like uh, Prozac, uh, Lexapro, um, I don't know, Paxil, 
you know, so, some stuff, Zoloft, stuff that they've put out there to make you feel better, give you, get away from your anxiety and things like that. Um, and, and here's the thing that we also need to know that the side effects of these things, and then we'll play this video and then I'll let you kind of talk about it a little bit. Um, sexual dysfunction is a, is a high regard for taking these drugs, right? Um, headaches, dizziness, blurred vision, discomfort, ab abnormal heart rates, sweating, confusion, agitation, suicidal thoughts. So you're taking a drug for antidepressant and it makes you more depressed. Emotional numbing, akathisia, which is a feeling like you're going to crawl out of your skin, psychotic breaks. It's a psychotropic drug is really what it is. But let's go ahead and play Dr. Valone's thing, and then we'll just give you a, an intake on wh why, this is so, why this is so, wh why it's something we're talking about. Go ahead, play it. Go back to Dr. Malone. I'm fascinated by this discussion that we're having. No link between serotonin and depression a possible link, a possible side effect in certain individuals of these SSRIs, these uh, serotonin inhibitors that were given in order in, in, in preventing, or excuse me, in creating essentially or exacerbating, inciting violence, potentially violent tendencies. And this understanding that perhaps we need to relook at some of the things, these medical notions that we've all been taught. And to your point, Dr. Malone, you say to that you look at old medical books and you realize that we've gotten stuff wrong in the past and potentially we'd be getting things wrong now that's such a powerful line so please what let us know what do you think it is what are we getting wrong about depression how should we be looking at this what are some of the other ways that we could potentially use to combat this which, which obviously depression is an issue in our society sure but do we have to go directly to pharmaceutical cocktails to cure it Precisely, and thanks for that uh, lead-in. Depression is a very complex disease. Now, I'm not a mental health professional. I'm a virologist and infectious disease specialist, but I've been trained all this. What We have a tendency in medicine for a bit of groupthink problem. It's been with us for centuries, and we all know that that's the case. In the case of depression, it is multifactorial, and one of the problems, of course, is our social isolation fragmentation of community and other things, our separation from each other, which has been exacerbated by technology. But there's some good news, everybody, okay? There is, even though the data on the influence of serotonin and depression is basically junk, that's what this umbrella analysis shows, the data on the linkage between sunlight, vitamin D, and depression is strong. There are multiple papers out. It is very clear. Increasing your vitamin D levels, what a shock. Just the same as how you can prevent your own COVID to a large extent by making sure you have adequate vitamin D. Getting your vitamin D levels up really helps with depression and it's not good enough to sit behind glass. My friends, you have to get out. You have to have direct sunlight. The more the better. Uh, sunscreens are actually not your friend in terms of vitamin D and I just want to leave everybody with the understanding that that we have options and what a surprise they're options which the pharmaceutical industry has done their best to suppress any awareness of they trash the likes of Dr. Mercola but in fact he's head on on this one too 
So, so I, I want to point this out. We, we, we don't, when, when we talk about, and again, I want, I want to bring it back to how they take away from us as a society. And these, these are real things that are happening. They are trying to pass bills right now. They are trying to pack the courts right now. They want to put four more Supreme Court justices on the Supreme Court before the 2022 election. Um, that becomes another distraction on what they're going to do in the 2022 midterm, where they try to say that there was a surge of, of Democrats that came out um, and saved the day for them to retain seats. You know that that's what's going to happen. And that you know that Democrats right now are going to rally against it. There are many, many, many people out there that are going, there's, there's no way possible the Democrats can retain any part of of any seat that they're, if, if you look at what's happening in, in San Francisco, you look at what's happening in, in the most Democrat place, the most crazy lunatics out there are in these areas and they are throwing out on their head, the DAs, the mayors, they're throwing them out saying, get out. You, all you guys are doing is destroying our community. You're destroying our country. Some of, the, some of the worst, bluest parts of our country that, that they're, they're voting, and, and by a, a convincing margin, by 30 40%, throwing it out saying, We're, we've had it with you. We've had it. And they're going to try and steal those things. So as we start talking about this, the only way that we get consequences heard for the evil on our society and for the the amount of damage that these people have done by stealing elections is that we talk about all the things that they continue to do. They're not going to stop. We have another video that I'd like to play, Mr. Producer. Um, this is lock, lockdowns and vaccines. They thought it was going to work. This is uh, Dr. Burks. Let's go ahead and play it. Okay. We've got Libby Emmons from the Post Millennial joining us. Libby. Hey, Jack, how's it going? Yes, yes, yes. The wooing was successful. It wasn't the Ric Flair, you know, the yeah. woo. No, 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 no. <laughs> so, so the post-millennial, so much going on this week. Also, I believe the post-millennial is going double barrel in terms of coverage of the trial of Steve Bannon. But then also, you yourself, you're running the page on a regular basis, running the outlet. But you've got a huge report for us on Dr. Burks's book. Um, so tell us a little bit, what's Post-Millennial up to this week, Trial of Bannon, SAS, and then let's get into Burks. Yeah, we have a great limited podcast series coming up this week. Viva Frey is working on that, with attorneys who are uh, reporting live from the trial of Steve Bannon, and everyone should check that out. It's going to be really fascinating. Um, this is kind of a wild show trial based on the subpoena from a different wild show trial that we have going on in Congress. Um, so it will be certainly interesting to see how the January 6th committee continues to prosecute their political opponents. So you've got, and, and just to be clear, so, you, so Post Millennial will have someone, uh, obviously Viva, and we had him on earlier in the show, is going to be doing mm -hmm. the limited podcast series every day. A uh, new episode, That's I think, right. every night is what he said. And then, but you'll, all, but Post Millennial will also have someone boots on the ground in the courtroom itself, the Perryman Federal Courtroom. Yeah, working with Viva. So he's working with some attorneys who are checking out that trial Excellent. live, and then he's going to, yeah, be working with them directly. So I think that's really exciting. And then, um, and then will Post Millennial, will I see Post Millennial down at SAS later this week in Florida? You sure will. We have a couple of our great going to be speaking 
But um, right? you were digging into, and we've got about four minutes left here in the program, but you were digging into, and this is so important, Dr. Burks's new biography, which to me reads like a confession when I've read some of these excerpts. You really dug into it. You went down the rabbit hole. Tell us, what did Dr. Burks mean when she said that she hid and obfuscated data on COVID-19 to President Trump in order to achieve the lockdown uh, protocols. Yeah, so it was actually really interesting. I took a look at that. I listened to some of her congressional testimony and she said that the US did not have sufficient data to back up the plans that she wanted for lockdowns and for economic shutdowns. She said actually that the um, goal was to introduce greater and greater shutdown measures, but to do it slowly, one piece at a time, she brought each uh, new plan for the the shutdown, such as the 15 days to stop the spread and all of this, one little piece at a time, not revealing that her true intentions were to go much further. She was literally advocating for boiling the frog slowly, and we Americans and her rights were definitely the frog. So at each step of the game, when Americans Take this would give up their rights and would say, okay, we'll Dr. Burks admitted that she withheld information from Trump in order to get to her ultimate goal. They had planned this back in 2018 and 2019. They knew that this was going to be the plan going into 2020. Admitted it. Admitted that she obfuscated and, and, and hid information from President Trump in order to get to the result of lockdowns, which caused immense harm, over a million deaths, countless suicides, children being pushed into a place where and I still say that the, that the lockdowns were a blessing because it, it opened up and gave us the opportunity to, to get to the bottom of what they were doing in education to our children. This gender fluidity and, and grooming of our children by these evil pedophiles. No other word. By the way, that's the new word for the school board member that decides that they want to do gender fluidity and, and this pride crap inside of schools while taking down the American flag and putting up a pride flag, they are pedophiles. Call them what they are. They are pedophiles. They are rapists. They are awful people. They are advocating for the hurting of our children. Something to remember. Mr. Producer, I put this up. This is the Steve Bannon case. They, we, we brought that up previously before, and we are almost out of time. I want you guys to know what's happening in the Steve Bannon case. If he's found guilty, it will probably go to appeal. And, it, and this is uh, by Tracy Beans. She says, we'll go all the way up the chain to set precedent that stops this from happening again. The gist, the government is using evidence from members of the committee. But the members of the committee have invoked the speech and debate clause to squash the defendant's ability to call them as witnesses. So you cannot call the people that are going to stand as witnesses against you, but you cannot rebut it. The judge granted the motion to quash. In other words, basically saying that they can't be called as witnesses. Basically, the members of the committee will be testifying against Bannon without Bannon having the ability to cross-examine them. More interestingly, they made themselves a party to the case when they filed an uh, amicus brief in support of the charges. If you want a nice round summary of the case, read here. The judge takes the motion under advisement. And go ahead and put it up, Mr. Producer. This is super interesting. Uh, the summary of the argument is Bannon faces a criminal trial, criminal charges, two counts of contempt of Congress, which stem from his conduct of receiving a subpoena dated September 23, 2021, issued on behalf of the Select Committee to investigate the January 6th attack on the United States Capitol. The government contends that Congress is uh, the complainant. 
Mr. Bannon served subpoenas for nine select committee members. They are Reps Thomas, Cheney, Schiff, Raskin, Lofgren, by the way, if you notice any of these names are the same ones that in 2004 filed a lawsuit in Ohio. We talked about that this morning. Um, Loria, Aguilar, Murphy, and Kinzinger. Though the select committee, these nine members of Congress set in motion Mr. Bannon's, I can't see that with the guy up there, with Mr. Uh, Bannon's, where am I at here? Uh, Mr. Bannon's prosecution request. By failing to accept the suspicion of executive privilege on orders of President Donald J. Trump, holder of the privilege, by failing to grant Mr. Bannon's reasonable request for an accommodation that would have allowed a judge to resolve the privilege issues in a civil enforcement proceeding instead of facing criminal prosecution, uh, or for a weak extension um, to resolve the com competing positions asserted by the privilege, executive privilege issue by President Trump and Biden in light of their pending lawsuit, Trump versus Thompson, and then deciding to make a criminal referral in the case instead of working towards a resolution or engaging in a civil enforcement proceeding to resolve the executive privilege issue. The, the, the committee members ironically filed a motion to quash the subpoenas invoking a speech and debate clause privilege in order to avoid testifying at Mr. Bannon's trial. Three other movements, Reps Pelosi, Hoyer, and Clyburn, joined the motion also on privilege grounds. Notably, these three members of Congress did so after having already waived speech of debate clause protection by submitting themselves to the jurisdiction of the court by filing an amicus brief in support of the government's position. The final four movements, Messrs. Buckley, Letter, Tanoli, and Ms. Uh, Ammerling, are key select committee staff. They, together with the members of Congress identified above, possess critical exculpatory evidence that is central to Mr. Bannon's ability to have a fair trial. Mr. Letter already has served as a fact witness for the government in the case. So this goes on. If you get a chance to, to, to read this, it's, it's fascinating. And it's on your telegram. It is on the telegram. It is on telegram. But, but this, this is what the, the problem that I have is that how do you have a trial where you're going after someone criminally and then tell them that he cannot address his witnesses, he cannot address the accused, he cannot counter the accused? How... how how does that follow the, the law? I, I'm just curious. How is that constitutionally protected? Free and fair trial, right? Just like free and fair elections? We don't have free and fair elections. We don't have them. We barely have a country. We covered a lot today. We walked through a ton of stuff. They keep doubling down and we keep winning. And we keep winning. But this fight, is, it's, going, it's going into the, the final round. It's going into the final quarter, the final hour. It will decide whether or not we go through a, a state of, re, of, of restoration or we go through absolute hell. I think your kids and grandkids deserve to have opportunity. I don't believe that this is the, the final rapture. might be if we fail to stand up. But we are winning. Everyone wants to say it's not happening fast enough. I'm going to tell you, if you had expected them to step down with all the evidence that came out, they're not going to do it. They're not going to do it. So here we are. All right. So listen, we, uh, we got a, a bunch of stuff we're going to go over tomorrow. We got a couple new witnesses. Next week, we're going to have uh, Joe Flynn, General Flynn, Patrick Byrne, we're going to be talking about all the election fraud evidence that's out there. We're going to have a roundtable with a few others as well, talking about more election fraud. We're going to talk about what's happening in communities around the country where DAs are letting people go. We're going to talk a little bit more about Tina Peters and what's happening in her case. 
and the amount of fraud that is coming out of this person, Jenna Griswold, the, 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 the treasonous traitor Secretary of State in Colorado. We'll do that all and more. But we're going we're gonna to go ahead and pray. We end every podcast with a prayer. And I just want you to know that uh, we are winning. God is winning. You just got to keep fighting. We'll get to the end. They, they can only lie so much. More and more people are waking up. So let's pray. Don't leave. Some of you guys try to leak out. Yep, see? You got a couple people leaked out. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to find out who's leaking out, and I'm going to call them out by name. <laughs> I think that's a great idea. Just kidding. Oh, look, you came back. All right, good. <laughs> Father God, thank you for the opportunity we have to have this podcast today. Thank you for uh, letting us have joy. In the middle of talking about all these bad things that the evil of our society is doing, I just want to thank you for the courage and thank you for the commitment. Thank you for the stamina, for the encouragement, and for the wisdom for us to be able to fight through it, Father. Thank you for the protection. Father, I would just ask you that you give us a sense of of, of being together, that we can break down these divisive walls, start having conversations with our neighbors, with our friends, with our family, that we can mend relationships, Father. We can have enough humility to step outside and just have critical conversations, that we can become the ambassadors of truth. Father, I, I, I want to thank you for those people that have influenced my life. I want to thank you for the listeners that reach out when, when maybe they're like, hey, listen, Joe, you ever thought about this? Give encouragement, but also give advice. I want to thank you for the good advice that people have given me and for the time that people have taken to care in my life and in the life of others. I want to thank you for this platform, Father. I want to thank you for Conservative Daily. And, and yeah, we, we do need you. And we know that there are times that you are carrying us and we would just ask you to carry us into this, this final chapter that we can take back our country and we can stand up resolute in the idea that, nope, we're not doing it anymore. The answer is no, no. And push back this evil to the hell that it came from. Father, I would ask you to change the hearts of those who are evil that you would send those the evil that is in them into the cells and send them over the cliff. I would ask that you just protect our communities and help us in this time of restoration, Father. I ask all these things, Father, in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Well, we got a lot going on. It never seems to stop. And we uh, but I want to leave you with this encouragement. God is not going to abandon you. Prayers are working. We pray every day, twice a day. And before I did prayers on this show here, I just want you to know something. I didn't publicly pray a lot. <laughs> I would go to an event and they'd say, Joe, will you pray? And I was like, <gasps> so the prayers are helping me too. They're helping me to be calm. And there are times that I'm not going to be calm. I'm a warrior, so there's not, it's not like I'm, I'm going to just turn into a pacifist. That's the perversion of the church. But there are times, there is a time to stand, there is a time to flip over tables, and too often we want a seat at the table that Jesus would be flipping over if he was sitting here today. And we talk about being a patriot. Patriot stuff is not patriot stuff. It's not, it's not getting the AR. It's not the easy way out. That's not patriot stuff. Patriot stuff is when you don't have to take the easy way out. 
where the, the end of a rifle is not the way that you're actually, the duty part of the rifle is not pushed down downstream. You don't have to. That we solve this on the mission without having to go there. But recognizing that violence begets violence. And that if that's God's will, then that's the path we'll take. But we know this evil is weak and that we know that they pervert and use the strength, the strong ones among us that are ethical, many of which are police officers, many of which are in our military. And yeah, we have a perverted part of our military. All the good ones are like, why, why join the military? So they can shove something in my arm, kill me, hurt me, hurt my family, make it so I can't have kids? No. But there's enough of us. There's plenty of us there that are willing to stand up. So join that. But also pray. Prayer is the most powerful part of what we do. And stand as an example. And stand and speak truth. That's it. You do that. I do that. Stand in the gap. Read the book. Read the book, The Lesser Magistrates. And we'll lay out the plan and we'll go for it. Coming to a community near you. All right. God bless you all. I'll see you guys tomorrow morning. If you want to watch Conservative Daily Podcast, we go live Monday through Friday at 10 a.m. Mountain Time and 4 p.m. Mountain Time. You can find us live at conservative-daily.com, on Rumble, on Frank's Beach, where we go live on Lindell TV 2 at those same times, on DLive, and now on Odyssey. You can also find our episodes at brighteon.com. Make sure you also check out the link in the description to go to the Brighteon store and prepare you and your family with the awesome storable food and other products that they have there. You can find us on the audio edition at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Pandora, iHeartRadio, TuneIn, Podbean, Audible, and everywhere else. Make sure you go and give us a five-star review and be that ambassador of truth. Share this episode with everyone who needs to hear it. Text the word FREEDOM to 89517 and we'll shoot you a text message when we're about to go live. Check out the description for our link to the daily newsletter so you get access to the fax blasts. We want to thank you for being a listener of Conservative Daily Podcast as we pursue truth and fight to restore our nation. We will continue to provide you with the most important information that the mainstream media will not show you. Now at conservative-daily.com, you have the option to become a member with us. Each membership option varies in access and discounts in regards to the ability to interact with the Daily Facts Blast, monthly savings, access to extra content, and interactions with the hosts and guests of the show. Go to conservative-daily.com and become a member right now for as little as $10 a month. Make sure you check out social media and find us everywhere at Conservative Daily and at Joel Oltman. We'll see you next time on Conservative Daily Podcast. It's time to do the hard work. Let's take our country back, patriots. God bless America.